Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I am well, although I think I've realised I've been reading far too many crime books because I have to go running in the morning and now it's very dark and I am scared. There are advantages to go running first thing in the morning when it's dark because, frankly, nobody wants to see me in Lycra, so I'm doing the world a favour with that. Uh, But uh, no, so the first day it was really dark when I was running. last week I think it was and there I go run 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 and I hear footsteps behind me so I stop and the footsteps stop honestly this is really what happened so I start running again footsteps start again and I stop it's fair to say I'm at quite a high level of freaking out at this point don't know what to do then I realized it's an echo of me It's my footsteps. So, yeah, I think I need to calm down on the amount of crime I'm reading because it's it's not doing me any good. Far too much imagination. That's my problem. Anyway, this is an amazing episode. I'm so excited about all of this. I've got to tell you, I've got lots of things going on in the Facebook group. I've got a book box, a subscription box opening. I've got five really good books to talk to you about. And an interview with three authors, all whose books were published, the paperbacks, on the same day. How incredible is that? So there's so much to cover. So we better get started, hadn't we? Right, so let's let's just talk about the lovely Facebook group, first of all, and what they're all reading. I'm going to zip through this because there's more and more of them, which is just amazing. Zoe is reading Hermit by S.R. White. Joe is reading How to Disappear by Gillian McAllister. Victoria is reading Wakenhurst by Michelle Paver. Is it Paver or Pava? Anyway, Johan is reading Lonely Hearts by Gwyn GB. Nancy is reading Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. Uh, Laura is reading Grown Ups by Marianne Keyes. Helen has three books on the go. Oh, well done, Helen. You win the prize, including The Crossing Places by Ellie Griffiths. Bravo. Mark's reading The Hopkins Conundrum by Simon Edge. Pat is reading Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Laurie is reading One by One. Uh, by Luth, uh, Luth, Ruth Ware. And David is reading Lockdown by Peter May. David's very brave to be reading that book at this point, I think. Karen's reading Half a World Away by Mike Gale. And Kate is reading The Seven Husbands 
Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. There we go. Lots happening. Uh, if you want to join the fun, just head over to Facebook, type in Quick Book Reviews Podcast, and you will find us and you will be most welcome. Funnily enough, we're talking a lot about books. So there we go. Now I'm going to go straight on and open this box because it's very exciting. So you've heard me talk about um, my Chronicle book box. And that was very interesting. And that's um, particularly sort of crime, sci-fi. Um, whereas this one is the Book Box Club. Um, and it's typically sort of YA, often fantasy. Um, it comes from the UK. It's a monthly subscription. You'll have heard me open this book box before, but I just thought, well, it's arrived. Why not? So you're going to hear me opening the book now using all my strength. So the cheat card at the top is Once Upon a Story. So I'm not going to read that yet. There's a lovely card with my name written on. Spelt incorrectly, but never mind. Everyone seems to do that. Even authors, um, when I go to get books signed, I'll have a post-it note. This is what they often do if there's a, a lot of people. They'll uh, come and write your name on a post-it note so they know it's spelt correctly. And then when you get to the author, they can they can copy that and they still write it incorrectly. I appreciate Philippa's slightly difficult one. But anyway, I am waffling now. So we've got the book on the top. So I'm going to go for the book. The book is wrapped in this lovely sort of watermark paper with uh, silver string. So here we go. Let's see this. Oh, I do love a bit of a surprise. And I haven't seen any spoilers for this book. Oh, it's a hardback. It's red. What is it? Oh, wow. Michael Faber, A Tale of Two Worlds. Oh, this looks, this is a lovely book. Oh, and it's got a, a sign plate in it as well. Um, a contemporary Dickensian fable about moral courage and self-determination? Count me in! With 26 letters in the alphabet, you'd think that losing one of them wouldn't be so bad. But it was very bad indeed. Uh, or very bad in e, as everyone around her would put it. Glorious, a story that will be found and enjoyed and dreamed about for years to come. Oh my goodness, I haven't heard of this. But I really, really want to want to read it well that looks incredible sorry i'm just taken taken over by that wonderful book and now there's a candle there's a candle no place like home and i'm going to open its little candle and it's sort of pink it's got glitter in it oh and it smells like i don't know like a perfume you'd wear at christmas time if that makes sense um but there's more things in it what's this now this is some sort of fabricy thing Oh, now I'm loving this. It's called, it's got a posh name, multifunctional headwear. But it's one of those things that you can wear. I often wear them when I go running, like a scarf or something around my neck or like a headband or all different things. I'm going to open it and see what it is. This is a very, very good packet. So let's have a look at this one. Oh, it's all got different things like um, happily ever after. You have three wishes. Oh, it's all like nursery rhymes. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. That is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with that. There's something else. Now, what's this? Oh, it's a cushion cover. That's brilliant. A Sparrow Wolf cushion cover. A lovely sort of square cushion cover. It's got a castle on, swans. So it's all sort of fairy tale-ish, this, this one. Um, is there anything else? Oh, yeah. 
got a pin um a lovely pin with two snakes entwined oh i'm just going to go through it quite quickly because this is very exciting for me i don't know how exciting it is for you to listen to it uh, but there we go there are some beautiful postcards with lovely quotes on and they're wrapped in like gold ribbon loving that oh hello and hallelujah this i thought it was a notepad but no it's called let me read this to you it's called my weekly book planner so it's the week of you can say what mood you're in how many pages read how many hours spent reading oh dear let's not write that down uh the num number of book read number of books read favorite quotes that's a great section uh, books i'm reading giving it stars and then a list of books to read that is absolutely incredible. My goodness, Bookbox Club, you have excelled yourselves this time. Let me have a look at the cheat card. Um, so uh, the book is called D, A Tale of Two Worlds. The letter D is disappearing from the English language and Dekileo must do something to save it. With a shape-shifting magical dog by her side, she heads off to the fantastical land of Liminus, where she must find and defeat a dark dictator known as the Gamp. Along the way, she will encounter many strange creatures and places, but can she, a humble schoolgirl from a land no one has heard of, save the day and the D? Brilliant. So then in the envelope is my clubhouse invite so I can go online uh, to their book club um, and uh, we can chat with other members and the author, which is great. There's the fairy tales cushion cover, uh, fairy tales snood. That's the word I was thinking of with artwork by Rachel Preshi. I think it is absolutely wonderful. A bookish planner pad, uh, ruby slipper candle, um, an enamel pin and a girl made of air note cards. That is incredible. Um, I do think I still have a discount code of quick five for the for the first uh, five percent off the first month um, with the uh, Bookbox Club. Um, you can go to at Bookbox Club if you're interested. I really enjoyed that one. Yes, the books aren't one that I would normally choose. Uh, often ones I haven't heard of, um, but I love the bits and bobs you get with them. Bits and bobs. Very good. And that snood for me is a winner because I am snood queen. And now I've remembered that word or read it, snood. I'm going to be saying that a lot. So that is absolutely wonderful. So I think I better put those away and tell you about the authors. So we are going to talk to three authors. We're going to talk to Geetha Lodge, whose latest book, Watching from the Dark, is just out in paperback. You've heard me talk about this book before. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've got Nikki Smith, uh, whose paper book is out all in her head. Again, you've heard me talk about that. And we've got Lauren North, who's had One Step Behind just published. I haven't talked about Lauren before, so I will review her book next week. Um, but let's just talk to the three of them about their books, about being published and uh, all things bookish. So the three the three musketeers thank you so much we've got nikki we've got geetha we've got lauren joining me today you're very welcome on this episode hello hi <laughs> so first of all normally i do a summary of of each book but i thought actually i'm going to put you all on the spot and just ask for a sort of a quick summary of your book so lauren can you go first 
oh, you really are putting me on the spot by going first. But no time <laughs> yeah. to prepare. No, um, just go for it. Okay, uh, so One Step Behind is my latest book. Um, it is about a woman called Jenna, who's a wife, a mother, and a doctor. Um, and she is pushed to the brink of a breakdown by this unknown stalker doing very cruel things to her. And that's where we meet her at the very start of the book. And then it um, transpires that he's then brought into her hospital uh, where she works in A&E. And um, she, has, she has to treat him. And it's about her, how far she's willing to go to get the truth and to take back control of her life. So that is the story in a nutshell. Wow. Fantastic. Very good. Geetha, what about you? So Watching from the Dark is the second of my Jonah Sheen series, but actually can be read entirely as a standalone and lots of people have. Uh, it's about, uh, it'll start with Aidan Poole logging on to Skype late at night to try and chat to his girlfriend. And then instead of actually seeing her, he witnesses an attack, which he's pretty sure has been a very violent one, but has a lot of reasons for his own for not wanting to go to the police. So he sends lots of cryptic messages and ultimately Jonah and his team end up taking on the case and by the time they arrive do find uh, a body and then have to try and work out who would want to kill this warm-hearted, very kind young woman. Fantastic, wow. my goodness. And Nikki, what about you and your book? Um, so my debut novel is called All In Her Head. Um, it's a psychological thriller and it's about the darkest corners of a mother's mind. Um, I can't give too much away because um, I think as one of um, my reviewers said, um, it's got a twist that um, hits you a bit like an express train. So um, all I'll say is that my protagonist, Alison, um, she believes her ex-husband Jack is stalking her um, until the mention of one name turns her world upside down but you have to kind of think is everything as it first appears or is it all in her head fantastic <laughs> wonderful so my next question is really about the book and um how long it took to write and how it, i'm sure it was very easy to write it all <laughs> so lauren what about you how, how long did it take and how easy was it to write this book Oh, it was, it was really hard because I, it was obviously book two in my contract and I wrote a book that they, that was then rejected by uh, my publishers. I've got two publishers, one in the UK and one in America and both editors, it was just a flat no. There was no, can we make it work? It was a complete Gosh. flat no. So I then had a very long process of trying to come up with another idea that they liked and there was a lot more no's. Um, and then we eventually reached agreement on a book idea in June and I had to deliver it to them by the 1st of September. So it was quite <gasps> a tight turnaround. And I wow. actually met Nikki um, in July and um, when I was in the middle of this mad, mad writing. But I did get it done. So it, it was, yeah, hard, hard in the time frame. But I also, I think, really threw myself into it, sort of lived and breathed it. For, um, for those three months. Wow, how interesting, my goodness. Talk about, talk about pressure. Geetha, what about you? Yeah, I had a, a funny old summer because I, I sort of assumed that I'd start writing uh, over the summer holidays, uh, which is always a mistake because it's holidays and something your child <laughs> is not at school. Yeah. Um, but added to that, I decided to move house 
And because it was the first year I'd had a decent amount of money come in for quite a long time, I'd also booked several holidays. Unfortunately, my other half then booked another holiday. So basically, when I wasn't moving, I was away. And uh, so I got back in September and then was like, oh, God, I really need to write this book. So it was a furious kind of splurge initially. So I wrote a first draft, which I, was, I just said to my lovely editor and agent, uh, I, this is very first drafty, but I think I might as well show you now because a lot of the changes I want to make now will probably be somewhat different from the ones you'd want to make. We might as well do it all together. But fortunately, they were very happy to go, yeah, that's fine. We know it's trash, but it'll be better. So it then, and then it got better. So um, actually, then I then I wrote a completely different second draft and had a real blast doing it, and uh, and then went from there. I do actually shameless, shamefully like editing. I actually really enjoy it. So ah. it was, uh, there was fun to be had. So yeah, it was all good, really. <laughs> That's interesting because you both are, were very immersive in your your writing. There was a limited mm. amount of time. You just had to get on with it. Nikki, what about you? Yeah, well, obviously, being my debut novel, um, in theory, I had as long as I wanted. Um, but um, I actually, I'd had the idea had floated around um, in my head for probably about a year um, before I started writing. And it was actually, I got a message from um, a friend that I had gone to school with, who I hadn't seen for kind of 20 odd years or whatever on Facebook um she's a barrister now and she contacted me to say you know how are you um and I've you know seen you on Facebook and did you ever do anything with your writing because I still remember stories you used to read out at school oh, and wow. um which was just lovely um and it kind of it was a real now or never moment and I just thought right I'm either going to do this or I'm not so I signed up to um, a Curtis Brown creative writing course. Um, and in that kind of three months, um, I wrote the first draft. Um, it was very first draft, I should point out. Um, if I went back, I probably wouldn't recognize uh, most of the words in it. Um, but that was where I kind of started it. Um, and then it took, um, well, I started at the beginning of 2017 and then I got my book deal at the beginning of 2019. So it was two years. Oh, wow. And so all your books are, I mean, they're, they're really sort of of the moment and so interesting. But I suppose my next question is what what came first? Was it sort of the crime or the situation, the characters or the place? What, what was sort of the, the first thing in your mind? Lauren, I'll go back to you. Um, well, I, when I wrote my first book, um, The Perfect Betrayal, it was about a woman who was suffering with grief and depression. And she was quite a hard character to write. Um, she just didn't get out of bed some days, which really, really struggled with my pace a lot. So yeah. when I came to write my second book, I really knew I wanted my main character to be more feisty and have something really strong about her. Mm. And so I think she, Jenna, came first. And I, I love... Um, I love this concept of having a working mother who felt con constantly torn apart by guilt of trying to like do the best she can be as a doctor, but also love her children at the same time. And um, for me, that she was first. And then I just sort of thought, well, how can I make her life as difficult as possible yeah. and ruin it? <laughs> <laughs> and I went from there, really. So she, she was my first, my first, um, my first seed, I think. Oh, wow. And Geetha, what about you? What came first for you for this? I mean, it's difficult, the second one in the series, but how? So no, for this one was, uh, I actually had in mind at about the same time that I wrote She Lies in Wait, my first novel. Um, I 
just knew that I wanted to have a couple of ideas at the same time for a series where they were quite different in feel. So in my first book, it was very nostalgic and, and a little bit like Laura and I, I just wanted the contrast. Um, so it's very nostalgic. It's a cold case. Uh, it's about delving a long way back in time. There's a lot of personal involvement uh, with Jonah. Uh, whereas in this one, I wanted to be more up to date, more modern, and sort of kind of have a look at a lot of modern policing techniques as well. So there's a big, there's a lot of observation in CCTV and recording and online video, and, and that involves in this book. Um, and I had this idea, this thought about when I was sitting, I think, when I was sitting in a slightly boring Skype meeting at my then job, about what you might see in the background to Skype calls. And it just, I thought it was just a cool idea that you could be busy Skyping someone and then you could actually see a crime and that would be your way of witnessing, but not always in a recorded manner. So you know, what do you do and how do you act? Um, and then I brought it down from the, the idea that maybe it was in a kind of company meeting to being something much more personal, where, uh, so Aidan, it, you know, it's the woman that he loves and it's a much more you know, horrible situation and something that he then has to manage. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was the starting point. Very good. Nikki, what about you? Um, I think with mine, I had the concept um, kind of from the off, really. I, I kind of always admired psychological thrillers with a real twist in them, Girl on the Train and a, a bit, but, um, you know, Gone Girl particularly, I think. Um, so I knew, I knew I wanted to do something similar to that. And then um, my, one of my characters, it's a dual narrative all in her head, and um, Alison was really not easy to write because nothing's always easy to write but she was there in my head and I knew exactly you know how her story was going to play out it was really the kind of jack side of things that that took a bit more work excellent very good so I mean you you've all published the paperback version of this book at the same time and yes things are well are they slightly back to normal maybe for two hours they were but it's still a very weird time to be publishing how how was it Lauren how was it for you it has been a very different experience because there hasn't been any I've not gone into a bookshop and signed any copies and I had a really lovely launch last time around and a, a lovely talk and lots of people came um, and I don't know how it would have been had it been normal whether I'd done the same I just feel really grateful that I had that experience because I think there are so many debut authors who completely missed out on that whole process and that must feel really really sad for them I mean at least I've had it I've had it um, the year before it's been okay like I think um, my book's still been in supermarkets which has been really great because it's so much competition this month with so many books being delayed um so to come out in the autumn crush i was worried but it's it's been about the same i think just um i've been keeping my head down and writing to be honest which is all i normally do anyway so i've not i've tried not to pay too much attention to things oh uh, that's good Geith, what about you how have you found it it's been really weird i i was very lucky that actually hardback came out just before just a bit before lockdown so long enough before that i was able to have a launch and it wasn't quite clear then whether things were going to be fully locked down soon or whether we were going to continue on uh, so it all felt fairly normal at that point uh, but then obviously with the paperback it's it's a slightly it's again gone into a slightly better uh, environment because bookshops are open at the moment but we'll just have to see how that goes and i and i, I think I, I totally agree with lauren i feel i really feel for those who've had their book go out when they couldn't market in some way. Because I think that psychologically, it's, it's really quite difficult when they become a published author and to realise that actually 
it doesn't really feel any different in a weird way. That, you know, your book is out there, it'll be a while before you know about the sales. And in fact, I think that the mirror of that for me was what happened with my debut um, because it came out in America first, where, so obviously I didn't have a launch, I didn't have all of that. It came out over there, so I couldn't even go and see it in the bookshop. And it, it would have been very expensive to go at that time. And it was January, and you don't want to go to New York in January. You want to go when it's a bit warmer. So uh, I think, yeah, it must have been a quite similar experience. And it was, yeah, it was odd. And the nice thing about it was that my publishers made a big difference by sending flowers and champagne and made me feel like it was a big deal. Mm. And, and I think that was, that was the saving grace of it all. And Nikki, what about you? Because yes, you've yes. Well, I'm one of the debuts that launched in lockdown. Um, So yeah, my hardback came out um, on the second of April. So uh, we literally, I think we went in. What did we go in about twenty second of March, something like that, into lockdown. So um, I could see it coming um from kind of February it was like here's not gonna happen um so yeah I got to see it roll off the presses um went up to Clay's um and saw it printed um that was really nice um but yeah everything all physical events kind of cancelled so that you know the launch was cancelled um in Waterstones um and then I think you know most of my hardbacks probably just went straight into a warehouse and sat there because none of the shops were open so it was yeah. really a bit miserable mm. um but um you know compared to some debuts i'm probably lucky in that you know the paperback coming out at the beginning of september is given it a kind of another go if you like and mm. i have seen that in shops again it's in you know supermarkets like like lauren and geetha's um so that's been lovely and i've been able to kind of go in physically see it sign a few copies in waterstones you know that kind of thing so that's been really nice um but yes very very odd situation um when when you're kind of yeah sat at home on launch day i, I had i had a drink with my editor and agent as well which was lovely and they sent flowers and things but um yes it's it's not the ideal situation philippa that's what i'd have said no <laughs> not at all shame. but then it might it might be that actually the paperbacks were published on at the best time of exactly the 12 month period of dealing with this virus you, exactly you know, you never know yeah. so we'll just have to see how it goes but of course i'm going to ask the question what next what you've all mentioned still writing away so lauren i suppose what i want to ask you as well is your favorite bit of the writing process and what's next so lauren if you could answer that oh um i always like the stage i'm not in um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm currently doing structural edits on book three of so i've got a new contract um that i've signed and i'm now working on book three um i can't tell you anything about it yet still completely under wraps but um yeah the structural edits i was so looking forward to them and now i want to go back to that writing a first draft i'm really structured and i i focus on word count a lot um through the first draft and i, th I think i really thrive on that like that two thousand words a day kind of attitude and always getting meeting targets Whereas I think structural edits kind of feel like wading through a swamp. Um, but uh, yeah, if you ask me when I'm in the middle of doing my first draft, I'll be like, oh, I can't wait for structural edits. So um, it changes, I think. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Geetha, what about you? Yeah, I, I think I might, in a funny, weird, nerdy way, be almost the opposite. Because every time I do a stage, I, they're going, this is great. <laughs> I love doing this. Because I'm either doing the initial idea and... and powering through the words and thinking, you know, brilliant, a new book, or I'm getting to look at sort of 
the, the real, the big changes in the structural edit and thinking, yeah, that'd be so much better if we just did this. And I tell you, the only bit I think I don't like really is the bit when the first notes on the structural edit arrive, uh, where, <laughs> where just for about maybe an hour or two, I just go, oh my gosh, my book was terrible. I need to change everything. And then, and then fortunately, what happens just after that is that you go, oh, actually, that's given me a really interesting idea, and maybe we could do this, and maybe, and then you, you know, you go and you fly. Um, it's just that little, that little bit where, to be honest, I, I, I normally accompany that with a bit of gin and, uh, and get through it. That way. So, um, so yeah, so I, I just, I mean, it's sad, isn't it? I just love to write, and I've always, I've always just loved to write. It's been the thing I've done in the back of classrooms since I was a teenager. I was a playwright for seven years, and. Um, and it's very odd. I think possibly because my mum always used to tell me to go and tidy my room instead of writing the book. It's always been that little <laughs> naughty treat. And yeah, it's weirdly stayed that way. Um, oh, I was just saying what's next. Sorry, I got carried away. So, <laughs> um, so my, uh, my third book is out uh, in February in the UK and a little bit after in the US. Um, I'm incredibly excited about it. I am dying to tell everyone what it's about, but we're doing that in the beginning of October because, you know, I'm currently obviously talking about book two. Um, so there's equal excitement there. And I, uh, I really love being able to come back and revisit my detective team to expand their stories. So there are some stories that weave through, which you can cap catch up on in second or third books if you haven't started at the beginning, it's not a problem. Um, but uh, I just have a lot of affection for them. And I like making their lives more or less difficult and seeing how it all goes. So yeah, that's the, that's the next thing. And I do think that that works well because there are some series where there's it feels like there's 20 or 30 books and you want to get started but you haven't or certainly I don't feel I've got the time to go back to the very beginning and you just yes. don't know when to jump in but with yours as you say you you don't necessarily have to you can just get started no. and, and see so that's great sorry Nikki so what about your favorite part of the process and what's next? I think I think the planning bit at the beginning when you're um, before you put pen to paper almost or fingers on a keyboard and um, you've got that idea in your head and um, it's kind of putting everything together and working out how it's all going to kind of fit. Um, I love I love that bit. Um, and then starting to write. I think I'm probably a bit like Geetha with the structural edits. I do have that kind of two hours of yeah with a several gin and tonics and thinking oh my goodness um but uh but once i'm over that it's it's not so bad but um yes that that's the that's the bit that i dislike most but otherwise i just yeah i love writing too so um yeah and then um my um what next wise uh, my second book um is called look what you made me do it'll be out in april next year um there's a sneak preview of the prologue in the back of the paperback for all in my head um and it's about a couple of sisters called joe and caroline and all i'll say is that it's um about the fact that perfect families aren't as perfect as they seem Ooh. Ooh, very intriguing I mean what I get from all of you is um, a, a love of writing a, a love of putting pen to paper or fingers on the keyboard and just creating stories and I think it reflects in, in all your books so I wish you all every success and thank you so much for joining me today oh thank you Philip for having us thanks so much Philip <laughs> 
Well, that was absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? Now we better get on with some book reviews. So we've got five books to talk to you about today, all quite different. We've got Moonflower Murders by Anthony Horowitz. We've got Before I Saw You by Emily Horton. We've got Take Me In by Sabine Durant. Uh, Run Rebel by Manjeet Man and What Lies Beneath by Adam Croft. So the first book I'm going to talk to you about is Anthony, it's by Anthony Horowitz, who should need no introduction, um, and his latest book, Moonflower Murders, which is out now in hardback. And Moonflower Murders follows on from uh, the Magpie Murders. I think that was the first one um, on which this book is based. Yes, uh, it was published in 2016. Now, you don't have to have read uh, Magpie Murders, I would suggest, to enjoy this book um, because it just uh, it's it's got some of the same characters, but it's a different mystery. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, and the blurb is this retired publisher Susan Ryland is running a small hotel on a Greek island with her long term boyfriend should be everything she's always wanted. But is it? She's exhausted with the responsibilities of making things work on an island when nothing ever does. And she's beginning to miss her literary life in London. Then an English couple come to visit and the story they tell about a murder that took place on the same day and in the same hotel in which their daughter Cecily was married is such a strange one that Susan is fascinated by it. And when they tell her that Cecily went missing a few short hours after reading the crime novel Susan edited some years previously, Susan knows she must return to London to find out what happened. The clues to the murder and to Cecily's disappearance must lie within the pages of this novel. But what Susan cannot, cannot know is that very soon her own life will be in mortal danger. Uh, it's a beautiful book, great illustrations on the inside or certainly on, on my copy. What I love about this is that it is a book within a book. So you've heard mention about this uh, this crime novel that Susan, the character Susan had previously edited. Well, that book is in the middle. It's like a sandwich. It's like a sandwich book. So you've got the, the bread representing the modern day story and then inside the filling is the original book that was written and it helps you sort of work out and decipher to some extent who done it. Um, I think you've got to have your wits about you, I would say. It's not one if you're feeling a bit sleepy and just need something very easy. Um, I don't know if you'd enjoy it as much because there is quite a gear change, which is brilliant, uh, between the, the, the story of today and then the book that's published. But putting that to one side, it is really good. I thought it was great. Great characters, great mysteries, great resolution. I mean, Anthony Harris can just pull it out of the bag every time. I don't know how he does it because he writes such wide genres of books. Um, but he's a storyteller and he's very good at writing stories uh, for the TV as well. And, and that comes out. It's a very visual story. You can really see it. Um, I did listen to some of it on audiobook as well. And that was beautifully narrated. Really good. Um, it's quite a it's quite a size of a book. So, again, it's not one to just uh, carry with you in your pocket um, unless you want your pocket to rip immediately. But it's great. Um, Moonflower Murders, Anthony Horowitz. Really good whodunit and different to some of the other whodunits around at the moment. So there we go. That's that one. Now, the next one 
Um, I often don't talk about books anymore that are going to be published in the future uh, because I like to be able to tell you about books that are available to buy now. But this one was just so interesting and different. Um, I thought it's worth me mentioning it to you now. So this one is called Before I Saw You by Emily Horton and it won't be published until February 2021. But get those pre-orders in. Um, it's it's a light one, but with some sort of serious themes. Um, but it's I put it in the sort of uplit category. It's not when I was emailed about this, I said, oh, it's not one of these traditional rom coms, you know, um, girl in awful relationship and then on the last chapter realizes that uh, how awful it was and that the, actually the best friend is uh, prince charming and she should be with him and i was assured that this was not and i'm glad to confirm that it's not it's different and that's what i like about it let me read you the blurb alice and alfie are strangers but they sleep next to next to each other every night alfie mac has been in hospital for months recovering from an accident a new face on the ward is about as exciting as life gets for him right now. So when someone moves into the bed next to him, he's eager to make friends. But it quickly becomes clear that seeing his neighbour's face won't happen anytime soon. Alice Gunnersley has been badly burnt and can't even look at herself yet, let alone allow anyone else to see her. She keeps the curtain around her bed firmly closed, but it doesn't stop Alfie trying to get to know her. And gradually, as he slowly brings Alice out of her shell, might there be potential for more? Um, I really enjoyed it. I've been reading some heavy books, so this was light relief. Um, it wasn't cheesy and it was believable. Um, and I just thought, yeah, it's nice. So if you're looking for something, yes, it is at the end of the day. It is a romance book, but it's so much more than that. And it's modern and it's it's sort of joyful in, in a way, despite it being, as I say, some quite serious themes. Um, love the colour cover as well. Really good design. Uh, and the question is, can you fall in love with someone you've never seen? Um, so certainly no massive uh, twists and turns. Well, I suppose every good book has a twist and turn. Um, it's a good read. If you want something uplifting and uh, without serial killers in, then it could be for you, I would suggest. So that's Before I Saw You by Emily Horton. And that's out February 2021 which isn't that far away, really, is it? Now, the next book is Take Me In by Sabine uh, Durrant. Um, let me read you the blurb. Tessa and Marcus went on holiday to save their marriage. Instead, they nearly lost their son. In that fatal moment of inattention, a stranger stepped in and now Dave Jepson is in their lives. They owe him. They know that. But he seems to want everything. He's on the streets they walk down. He's at the office where they work. He's knocking at their front door and he's exposing secrets they would do anything to hide. If they could just go back, not make that one terrible mistake. But it's never how it starts that matters. It's always how it ends. Um, uh, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was utterly believable. It's got characters in it that make you want to pull your hair out. It's got a situation, as with many of these books, that you, it starts out with a relatively sort of small event. Obviously, you know, child nearly losing their life is not a small event in that respect. But just one thing has so many implications. It's like a domino effect and how it affects so much else at work, at home, all sorts of things. Um, 
it's uh, quite an easy quick read um, but it's quite unnerving so it's got that sort of feeling throughout that things are only going to get worse and uh, I I enjoyed it if I could say that now you know me I don't like too much about horrible things happening to kids um, I think ever since having kids myself it's just not not an area I would automatically pick up a book about but I can safely say that that wasn't what this book yes it was the catalyst to the event um, but I didn't have to run and hide or turn all the lights on when I was reading it um, no sherry required while while reading this book it's just a it's, it's a good thriller very pacey so that's take me in now the next one this is different wow this is a cracker so run rebel by Manjeet Man. It's YA. It's a verse novel. You know I love them. And it it's amazing. Everybody needs to go and get this book and read it. Uh, let me read you the blurb. I am restless. My feet need to fly. Amber is trapped by her father's rules, by his expectations, by her own fears. Now she's ready to fight for her mother, for her sister, for herself. Freedom always comes at a price. And uh, it says, Run Rebel is a trailblazing verse novel that thunders with rhythm, heart and soul. Yes, it is. It's absolutely wonderful. I'm keeping this. I will be rereading parts. I've turned down pages. Um, there's, I, I'm not going to read it out, but if you've got the book, go to page 29. Um, and it's uh, entitled Conceal Four. And it's just five lines, but I just think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and every page has gems on. It's something that you can read very quickly, I would say, uh, but you won't forget the story very quickly. It's incredible. People need to read this book. Really, really good. Great characters, great story. Um, has you sort of rooting for people and despising other people and sort of uh, it's got the... <gasps> and, oh, that you would expect almost like a tennis match you know and you see the audience reaction um really really good run rebel manjeet man i want to read more of these these are phenomenal books so there we go and the last one is what lies beneath by adam croft now adam is uh sort of self-published almost i should i should say the king of self-publishing he's uh, gosh sold over two million books absolutely phenomenal um and let, this is the start of a new series. So that's quite good because if you want to get into Adam's books, but you don't know where to start, then I'd suggest this would be a really good starting point because he's already published the second in the series as well. Um, so if you enjoy it, as I'm sure you will, there's already another one to come onto, which is good. Um, so excellent. I'm just trying to look at what the the next book is called i'm trying to find it i did write it on my little list and i will find it i will find it on borrowed time there you go um so it's based in rutland and uh, rutland is a as um similar to other places we've got uh, lake fern where you 
fairly near us, where you've had um, a village flooded to create a reservoir, so deliberately done. And that can create all sorts of stories, issues, tensions, and just an energy about the place. And that's what Adam has really focused on uh, in the book. So let me read you the blurb. A peaceful Sunday morning in Rutland is shattered when a dead body is discovered on the rocks at Normanton Church. The victim has been laid out in a crucifixion pose facing the altar. D.I. Caroline Hills is certain there's a religious connection, one which threatens the tranquillity of life in the area. The killer has gone to extraordinary lengths to make the symbolism clear and the deaths will continue until Caroline and D.S. Dexter Antoine uncover the truth behind the dark secret. And what lies beneath? Uh, I thought it was a really good book. Um, it's one you can plough through quite quickly. I'm not rushing it, but it's just good. I like the characters. Um, it's a bit of a sort of a Cara Hunter, but without the social media um, inclusions in the pages. So you've got the interesting crime. You've got the good police characters and it's part of a series. So I'm looking forward to reading the next one on Borrowed Time. Um, and uh, yeah, I would really recommend it if you're looking for a good crime book. So that's Adam Cross, What Lies Beneath. And what that man doesn't know about writing and publishing isn't worth knowing. So there we go. So I think we've covered more than enough and I think I need to leave you now. Um, we have talked about the lovely Facebook group. We've unboxed uh, a book box club subscription box. Um, we have spoken to the fabulous three authors. We've spoken to Geetha Lodge, whose book uh, Watching from the Dark has just been published in paperback. Nikki Smith, whose book All in Her Head has just been published in paperback. And Laura North, whose book One Step Behind has just been published in paperback. And I have reviewed uh, Geetha and Nikki's books before, so I'll be reviewing Lauren's book next week. It's only fair. And guess what I'm going to say? I've got some absolute crackers to talk to you about next week. Can't wait. There's so much to cover as always. So look after yourself and I'll speak to you very soon. Take care now. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.